Support for Speaking of Travel comes from Asheville Regional Airport, Western North Carolina's gateway to the world. Your safety when traveling to and from Asheville is and always will be our top priority. Visit flyavl.com for all your current travel information. Prestige Subaru, offering a variety of new and pre-owned all-wheel drive Subarus, built with the zero landfill promise. All waste is recycled or reused. With more at PrestigeSubaru.com. Asheville Rooftop Bar Tours, an award-winning tour showcasing Asheville's spectacular rooftop views and fascinating city history. Enjoy handcrafted drinks and delicious food with reserved seating and transportation included. Visit AshevilleRooftopBarTours.com. RomanticAsheville.com. Create your perfect vacation in the land of the sky with the region's most popular online travel guide. Plan your next getaway to Asheville and the North Carolina Blue Ridge Mountains by visiting RomanticAsheville.com. And by Home Trust Bank. Dream travel requires smart financial planning. Get ready for what's next with a local banking partner you can trust. Dream big with Home Trust Bank. Visit htb.com. Welcome to Speaking of Travel with Marilyn Ball. Sit back and be carried away to places around the world and right here in our own backyard. No passport required. Hi, this is Marilyn Ball. Welcome to Speaking of Travel right here on iHeartRadio 570 WWNC. And remember, you can always listen to this episode of Speaking of Travel or any past episode with a simple click on the Speaking of Travel website, that's speakingoftravel.net, and on all your favorite podcast platforms, including the iHeartRadio app, Buzzsprout, Pandora, Amazon, and iTunes. And be sure when you visit speakingoftravel.net to sign up for the Travel Club. You'll receive travel news, helpful tips, and links to stories from people who are on a path of joy, living in purpose, and sharing with others. My guest today is Ami Leye. Archie Kobe Lewis, and she is a trauma-focused counselor, a kids yoga teacher, a diversity facilitator. She's a mom, an artist, an author, and so much more. And Ami, it is so wonderful, and I'm so grateful to have you on Speaking of Travel. Thank you, Marilyn. Thanks for welcoming me. Well, obviously, you're not from let's say, Mississippi. It sounds like you might be from someplace other than even the U.S. So give us, A, how to beautifully say your name and where you're from and and how you came to be here. Yeah, thank you. So my name is Omileye Achikobi Lewis. Omileye actually means water, gives me joy, honor, and dignity. And I'm from London, um, was born and raised there my whole life. And my family, my mom is Jamaican and my father is Trinidadian. So I was very lucky. I grew up in a multi-dimensional way, in very much in a British culture, 
but also very much in Caribbean culture as well. I've been in the States for about, I think, 11 years now. And um, I met my, I actually was living in Trinidad before moving here. And I met my husband, who's from the States in Trinidad. And somehow we ended up here together, back here together. So that's how I ended up here in America. And so, yeah, a little bit about me. Well, that is definitely quite a journey to to have lived your early life in this, I would imagine that Trinidad and the whole Caribbean area and, and even London, you know, they, it just seems so exotic uh, that you that you're around a lot of culture and a lot of uh, very nature at its at its best to be there with the ocean. And uh, how did that influence you when you were growing up? That's a really good question. So when I grew up in London, I grew up in a very, I grew up literally in Southeast London. So Southeast London is more urban, you know, um, it's, it's a city, you know, and so I grew up very much in a city life, but on slightly, London has like, it's like downtown Asheville, and then you've got the surrounding areas. So I was surround, in the surrounding area of the city, so slightly suburban. And so there were some trees, but there wasn't a whole bunch of nature, you know, unless you went to one of the parks or, and we have a lot of beautiful parks in London. When I went to Trinidad, I was about 10 years old when I went, and it just changed my life. Um, we used to go to the ocean. The ocean was about a 20-minute walk, and we would walk to the ocean. And as a kid, this was an amazing experience because I'd always take my shoes off and walk the whole length, the whole way barefooted. And we had chickens in our yard. We had the ocean nearby. There was constant sun, constant music, laughter, and just being immersed in that Caribbean experience of it was like real community orientated was for a young black girl from Britain. That was pretty life changing, you know, and the ocean. I was mesmerized by the ocean and we went every weekend to the ocean. And there's a whole ocean culture out there, you know. Um, and I went back to Trinidad so I lived there. So just to explain, I lived there when I was between 10 and 13. And then I went back to the UK and then I met my husband out there before coming here. So when I re-moved back out there, I was there for about two years. It was just after being in cold, gray London, it was just like beautiful having the sun constantly, the ocean nearby, the so much fresh food. I was never ill. It's the first time in my life I was never ill. And it was just being surrounded by so much color. You know, just talking about it just makes me feel really good. And as you said, the nature, so nature orientated. That's hard to explain unless someone's had that experience or being so rooted. So, so the whole thing in Trinidad is an island and the Caribbean is really rooted in a concept of wellness, which is a concept I grew up with. And the wellness is rooted in nature. And so I kind of took that for granted because I grew up in that. But now being in America, I've been, this is the most sick I've ever been in my life, actually. I've had so many ailments, it's astonishing that 
is the pace of America's very is a different pace, you know, and it's stress and there's a lot of stress as well. So you see that on your body, but Asheville's amazing. So very lucky to be rooted in nature in Asheville. So that's a real blessing. Well, I want to ask you this because as you're talking and and telling the story, you, there's so much imagery that goes with it, the dark of London and and England and and that kind of uh atmosphere that you're around and then being at the at the mother ocean and all of that beautiful energy and outdoors and nature and uh, wild, you know, life in the sea and all that's going on there. And your name itself means uh, water gives me joy, honor, and dignity. So I just have to bring that back that somebody named you that. Your mother or your father. Obviously, there's a very deep-rooted connection, perhaps throughout your whole lineage to this place, would you not think? Yeah, you're starting to go real deep now. <laughs> I have very deep spiritual roots in my family. I actually come from a line of seers on my father's side. It's a lineage that was recognized by local people, and it goes back to Nigeria. We found out my surname is actually Nigerian, um, is Igbo. From East Nigeria. And so I have a long spiritual lineage. My family were known to be very powerful dream interpreters and steers and healers. My name um, actually came through a rites of passage that I had um, in Africa. And um, I fell in love with the name so much. It was given to me by when the rites of passage was happening by the water and this was the name the elders had prepared for me based on my my true nature and i didn't think i would actually take the name on legally i just thought it'd be kind of a name that i used um but it ended up being my legal first name i changed swapped my names around and it became my legal first name and that's how i ended up with the name Omileye was in honor of my true nature and the waters that, and in fact, my mom told me that when I was little, I had this fascination with water. And she said, I never wanted to ever be out of the bath. So when I was a teen, when I was really young, grown up in London, we, it's not like America. We normally have one bath. I think it's changing now, but we normally have one bathroom per house no matter how big it is and they're normally really tiny <laughs> so everyone is trying to use that one bathroom and I remember many years of my growing up I would be in the bath and I would be in it for hours and everybody be banging on the door and I just had to be in water constantly well you are from the water uh, you know Jamaican mother Trinidadian father both uh islands right so island girl i think that's something that is recognizable and when when we come back from the break i want to uh, talk more about that and 
this journey of alchemy and being able to look at how we can actually like you, you knew your nature, you changed your name to reflect that. We're all kind of going through that type of uh, journey. So thank you so much for, for being here, Ami. Am I correct? Is that good? <laughs> yes. Ami. <laughs> yes, thank you. Thank you. Well, this is Marilyn Ball. You're listening to Speaking of Travel. And we're ready to, to find out more and really immerse ourselves in the, in the beauty of water and wisdom. And I want to thank, thank you all for listening. This is Marilyn Ball, and we'll be right back. Green is good. Local food, less oil. Renewable energy, sustainable peace. Tree hugger. Say no to GMOs. Be kind to animals. Don't eat them. Go solar. Coexist. Don't buy a dog. Rescue one. Keep Asheville weird. We just read the bumper stickers on the back of a Subaru. Welcome to Subiville. Prestige Subaru. On the web at PrestigeSubaru.com. Fly me to the moon Let me play among the stars Let me see what spring is like on Jupiter and Mars In other words Welcome back to Speaking of Travel. I'm your host, Marilyn Ball. And I'm here today with Ami Leye Archie Kobe Lewis. She has been talking to us now about her journey from uh, growing up and what it was like to have really, I mean, you had experiences that were so polar opposite in many ways. And I want to ask you just a little bit about that, because being born in London to Jamaican mother, Trinidadian father, being a woman of color in London and England growing up versus then going to Trinidad and being the majority, right? I mean, the here were your people really all around you. How did that affect you as far as coming into your own as you were starting to recognize who you really were? Wow. I love your question. <laughs> this is like therapy. <laughs> so that that is that question is so like to the bone spot on because it was you know many I'm just astonished at how you have got that so accurate. It was a polar opposite experience. So what happened is when I had that experience in Trinidad, I was like fully myself I discovered who I really was and then I went back to London and when I back went back to London was I think when my healing journey started um because I was 13 and I went to a con a convent school um which wasn't private at that time it was a government school but it was a convent hard to get into but I got into it and I was one of um, three black girls in the whole school. So I went from this Trinidadian experience of being in the majority to being 
one of the only three black girls in the whole school. And then also there'd been an economic barrier as well because my mom was a single mother. And um, so I had a completely different economic status as well. And I remember going from being a really happy outgoing person because I had a lot of friends when I was in Trinidad it was just I was a joyful person to this really withdrawn kind of started getting really depressed I developed a weird lisp as well so it affected my speech when I spoke I had this really bad lisp not quite a stutter but it was a lisp and um, I developed a twitch, a nervous twitch as well. I said twitch a lot. And now I recognize it was trauma. And one day I remember we have this thing we call, um, we call it the common. So common in London is like a big grassy expanse of, that you walk across. And my school, you had to walk across the common um, in a place called Blackheath. And um, ironically, Blackheath is a place where they had the Black Plague. So there's a lot. So the reason why there's so much grassy expanse in Blackheath is a very beautiful area because there's a lot of dead bodies under there, which they will never dig up because they're scared of re-resurrecting the plague. So that's why Blackheath, if you go to London, Blackheath is a place people like to go to Greenwich and Blackheath is beautiful. It's got lots of green, but under all that green is all this death. So ironically, I'm walking across um, Blackheath Common to school. I was very miserable. And I had this experience of suddenly looking, so I'm 13, and I'm suddenly looking down at myself walking across the common, which now I know is a kind of, in psychology, is a kind of disassociation. But in ancient traditions, it's like, and in, I'm studying Taoist medicine, my doctorate. So in Taoist medicine, it's called the soul scatters, and it can leave the body. And that's the definition of trauma in ancient medicine. So I was looking at myself walking across the common, and it was after that experience, and you know, you're still young, so you don't fully understand. It was after that experience, I had this real constant desire. There was always this thing pulling me to find home, in quotation marks. And it became this spiritual journey. I felt like there was a spiritual force pulling me to find home. And that actually, I was, didn't know then, but that was when I didn't even know as part of the healing line, a healer lineage. I didn't find out till my 20s when my auntie told me that I came from a line of seers and she said, you're the next one to carry the lineage. And so I didn't know that was what Joseph Campbell called um, catching the golden ball when the hero is thrown this ball that they have to catch. And it's their calling. And something will happen to the hero on the journey where suddenly there's this disconnect that happens. And so that's when this desire, which has gone right into my life now, was how do I find home in myself? And then that morphed into me, how do I help others find home in themselves? So yeah, that's 
it was polar opposite experience. And out of that came my walk as a healer, unbeknownst to me when I was younger. I guess some people could call that foreshadowing. You know, there are a lot of mainstream terms these days for what we can look back on in our lives and go, wow, that was really a critical moment in my life. I didn't realize it when I was 10 or 13 or 18 or even some people 50. Sometimes that golden ball doesn't show up at all for people. So when it does, to be able to recognize wow, that was so substantial when I look back on my life and the direction that I've taken. And I think for you, having that polar opposite pull, especially around uh, so many issues that you find in cities like London and, uh, you know, uh, racism and and long-term ideas on what anything that's different and not white is all about to the islands where, you know, when you think about it, people are literally uh, being born there, you know, coming out of the sea. When you get really deep, you can say, you know, this journey, you can kind of see it going out. And and here you are as a human being kind of being tossed through that and yet finding this channel that is the one that you're going to swim on. Right. Yeah. So. Yes. Yes. Well, this is really awesome. And when we come back from the break, I want to find out more because there's so much that we can all take away from other people's journeys. And that's what speaking of travel is really all about. And see how an event like that when you're 13 leads to this path that you're on now and the service that you're doing to others. I want to Mm -hmm. talk more about that. And how can people tune in to you? How can we get more information? You have a website? Yeah, I have a website that I'm actually updating. Um, but that's the artist in me. I'll forever update it. So the website is um, peacemi.com. And that's the best way to get hold of me. And I have a contact page. So if someone's trying to get hold of me, they can just send me a message through the contact page. And I also have an Instagram, um, which is also called peacemi. Well, we will definitely check that out and and get to know you better because I feel that this is all part of a a global community of how we can live and learn and grow from each other. So I thank you again for being here on Speaking of Travel. This is Marilyn Ball. I appreciate you being here listening with us. Come on back. We'll keep this conversation going. Hi, this is Kay. At Asheville Rooftop Bar Tours, we put you in the middle of experiencing Asheville like no one else can. With an expert guide by your side, you'll have an all-access pass to what makes Asheville so unique. Our sense of place, history, and awe, along with great food and drinks and spectacular views. We follow safety protocols on every tour. Come experience why TripAdvisor awarded our company the 2020 Traveler's Choice Award, placing us in the top 10% of attractions worldwide. 
To learn more about us and our award-winning tours, visit AshbleRooftopBarTours.com. Travel is on the rise these days, and significant trips require smart financial planning. That's why Home Trust Bank is a valuable investment resource. They're a local, community-focused partner who can help manage your finances so your dream trip can become a reality. Travel light and leave your money worries behind. Connect with your local Home Trust Bank team member or visit HTB.com. Home Trust Bank, helping you get ready for what's next. Fly me to the moon. Let me play among the stars. And let me see what spring is like on Jupiter and Mars. In other words, hold my hand. Welcome back to Speaking of Travel. I'm your host, Marilyn Ball. And I'm here today with Ami Leye Archie Kobe Lewis. She has been talking to us now about her journey from uh, growing up and what it was like to have really, Ami, you had experiences that were so polar opposite in many ways. And I want to ask you just a little bit about that because being born in London to Jamaican mother, Trinidadian father, being a woman of color in London and England growing up versus then going to Trinidad and being the majority, right? I mean, the here were your people really all around you. How did that affect you as far as coming into your own as you were starting to recognize who you really were? Wow. I love your question. <laughs> this is like therapy. <laughs> so that that is that question is so like to the bone spot on because it was you know many you, I'm just astonished at how you have got that so accurate. It was a polar opposite experience. So what happened is when I had that experience in Trinidad, I was like fully myself. I discovered who I really was. And then I went back to London. And when I went back to London was, I think, when my healing journey started um because I was 13 and I went to a con a convent school um which wasn't private at that time it was a government school but it was a convent hard to get into but I got into it and I was one of um three black girls in the whole school so I went from this Trinidadian experience of being in the majority to being one of the only three black girls in the whole school. And then also there'd been an economic barrier as well because my mom was a single mother. And um, so I had a completely different economic status as well. And I remember going from being a really happy outgoing person because I had a lot of friends when I was in Trinidad. It was just, I was a joyful person to this really withdrawn kind of started getting really depressed. I developed a weird lisp as well. So it affected my speech. When I spoke, I had this really bad lisp, not quite a stutter, but it was a lisp. 
And um, I developed a twitch, a nervous twitch as well. I said twitch a lot. And now I recognize it was trauma. And one day I remember we have this thing we call, um, we call it the common. So common in London is like a big grassy expanse of that you walk across. And my school, you had to walk across the common um, in a place called Blackheath. And um, ironically, Blackheath is a place where they had the Black Plague. So there's a lot. So the reason why there's so much grassy expanse in Blackheath is a very beautiful area because there's a lot of dead bodies under there, which they will never dig up because they're scared of re-resurrecting the plague. So that's why Blackheath, if you go to London, Blackheath is a place people like to go to Greenwich and Blackheath is beautiful. It's got lots of green, but under all that green is all this death. So ironically, I'm walking across um, Blackheath Common to school. I was very miserable. And I had this experience of suddenly looking, so I'm 13, and I'm suddenly looking down at myself walking across the common, which now I know is a kind of, in psychology, is a kind of disassociation. But in ancient traditions, it's like, and in, I'm studying Taoist medicine, my doctorate. So in Taoist medicine, it's called the soul scatters, and it can leave the body. And that's the definition of trauma in ancient medicine. So I was looking at myself walking across the common, and it was after that experience, and you know, you're still young, so you don't fully understand. It was after that experience, I had this real constant desire. There was always this thing pulling me to find home, in quotation marks. And it became this spiritual journey. I felt like there was a spiritual force pulling me to find home. And that actually, I was, didn't know then, but that was when, I didn't even know as part of the healing lineage, a healer lineage, I didn't find out till my 20s when my auntie told me that I came from a line of seers and she said, you're the next one to carry the lineage. And so I didn't know that was what Joseph Campbell called um, catching the golden ball when the hero is thrown this ball that they have to catch and it's their calling. And something will happen to the hero on the journey where suddenly there's this disconnect that happens. And so that's when this desire, which has gone right into my life now, was how do I find home in myself? And then that morphed into me, how do I help others find home in themselves? So yeah, that's, it was polar opposite experience. And out of that came my walk as a healer, unbeknownst to me when I was younger. I guess some people could call that foreshadowing. You know, there are a lot of mainstream terms these days for what we can look back on in our lives and go, wow, that was really a critical moment in my life. I didn't realize it when I was 10 or 13 or 18 or even some people 50. Sometimes that golden ball doesn't show up at all for people. So when it does, to be able to recognize, wow, that was so substantial. 
when I look back on my life and the direction that I've taken. And I think for you, having that polar opposite pull, especially around uh, so many issues that you find in cities like London and, uh, you know, racism and and long-term ideas on what anything that's different and not white is all about to the islands where, you know, when you think about it, people are literally uh, being born there, you know, coming out of the sea. When you get really deep, you can say, you know, this journey, you can kind of see it going out. And, and here you are as a human being kind of being tossed through that and yet finding this channel that is the one that you're going to swim on. Right. Yeah. So, yes, yes. Well, this is really awesome. And when we come back from the break, I want to find out more because there's so much that we can all take away from other people's journeys. And that's what speaking of travel is really all about. And see how an event like that when you're 13 leads to this path that you're on now and the service that you're doing to others. I want to mm-hmm. talk more about that. And how can people tune into you? How can we get more information? You have a website. Yeah, I have a website that I'm actually updating. Um, but that's the artist in me. I'll forever update it. So the website is um, peacemi.com. And that's the best way to get hold of me. And I have a contact page. So if someone's trying to get hold of me, they can just send me a message through the contact page. And I also have an Instagram, um, which is also called peacemi. Well, we will definitely check that out and and get to know you better because I feel that this is all part of a a global community of how we can live and learn and grow from each other. So I thank you again for being here on Speaking of Travel. This is Marilyn Ball. I appreciate you being here listening with us. Come on back. We'll keep this conversation going. This is Kay. At Asheville Rooftop Bar Tours, we put you in the middle of experiencing Asheville like no one else can. With an expert guide by your side, you'll have an all-access pass to what makes Asheville so unique. Our sense of place, history, and awe, along with great food and drinks and spectacular views. We follow safety protocols on every tour. Come experience why TripAdvisor awarded our company the 2020 Traveler's Choice Award, placing us in the top 10% of attractions worldwide. To learn more about us and our award-winning tours, visit AshevilleRooftopBarTours.com. Travel is on the rise these days, and significant trips require smart financial planning. That's why Home Trust Bank is a valuable investment resource. They're a local, community-focused partner who can help manage your finances so your dream trip can become a reality. Travel light and leave your money worries behind. Connect with your local Home Trust Bank team member or visit htb.com. Home Trust Bank, helping you get ready for what's next. Fly me to the moon, let me play among the stars, and let me see what spring is like on Jupiter and Mars. In other words, 
Welcome back to Speaking of Travel. I'm your host, Marilyn Ball. And my guest today is Omi Lehe Archikobi Lewis. And I feel like each segment, I've been getting a little bit better on saying it. But again, why don't you say it? Because it's like music to my ears. It's Omi Lehe Archikobi Lewis. <laughs> I love it. And, you know, we were talking earlier about, well, really, when we started the show, we were talking about your um, your parents being Jamaican and Trinidadian and the Sears in your lineage and just this, you know, I think a, a, a lineage that goes back and back and back and back and and it, should be, it becomes part of our soul. It becomes part of who we are. And as we were talking about, before we were talking about the the way your path has taken you and I want to I want to find out like where do you see your path now where do you see your path going as we move forward given how your life has changed and all the different areas that you are now learning about and use as resources that's a really good question which is a, re- a thing I keep on saying with every segment because you do ask excellent questions um ironically you're right so my path started very simply the call to help people heal or the call to help people back home I should say journey back home and then the path started getting a little more complicated as I different segments of my life I started learning different things so I learned counseling now I'm learning, and before that, there was other things. Then I learned in Taoist medicine, which is the alchemical path. I also learned about African traditions. I went through this whole path of learning the yogic traditions. And it and what happened last year, because I remember you said the last year and a half, I started painting a lot the last um, two years year and a half I would say and then I really returned back home to the emptiness that's the only way I can describe it where I actually stopped teaching because I used to do a lot of teaching of like healing stuff and I couldn't teach anymore because words were failing me I went into this space where it was just this emptiness that was full with this richness and I really and I began to paint this divine inner child which became the first part of that series became my book my heart flies open and it was a child who starts off being troubled and journeys back to themselves through breath movement and affirmation but actually that series of paintings actually now has three parts to it I'm I'm painting the third part to it. So it's this whole journey. And I, it's strange after, I would say, my journey consciously started in my, in my late teens when I became more conscious of the journey. And I feel like I gathered all this stuff and kind of lost aspects of myself along the way as I'm learning, because when you're learning, you can't integrate as well. And I've gone back to the space I'm about to graduate with my doctorate in spring so the timing is interesting that suddenly 
I feel like the circle has looped its way right back to where I ent en entered home. I went into the belly of the well, as Joseph Campbell will say, and it was full of stuff, a shadow stuff. Then I looped back around and I entered into the a different type of belly of the well that was just vibrational emptiness. And this is what I teach people, or this is what I guide people into. So when I started painting and I'm still painting, I've taken a little break from it, but I'm about to return to it, is when I feel like I'm completely, I is really, I feel like, yes, it feels, it sounds strange, but I feel like I made it because this is the space we're all trying to enter. And as I entered that space, this magic happened. Like so many doorways have opened up and I can enter that space very easily now through meditation, through painting. And I try to help people to understand when you can enter that space, that space of emptiness that is full, that is when the real alchemy begins in your life. And, you know, so there's this thing I've been noticing when people are trying to start businesses, you know, I like to observe different trends and it's all like, let's do this, let's do that, let's structure this. And I say to people, there's another way. There's a way you can enter this emptiness and from, and painting taught me this, that what painting taught me is that everything you're trying to create already exists. You have to enter a space for it to reveal itself. So I never painted with an intention in mind. I would always approach the canvas. I learned to approach the canvas almost like ceremony. And I would sit at the canvas and the first thing I would paint would always be the background color. And it's that painting of the background color that I spent the longest on. And I would find myself entering this space. And as I entered it, images would come to my mind. And I remember one of my paintings that's in the book, I had this whole, I went to the canvas with what I wanted. I was determined and it kept on going wrong. I was determined I'm painting what I want. And suddenly when I finished, all the paint that was sitting by the side of the canvas and the water spilt all over my canvas. And I cried <laughs> and I was like, oh my God. So I had to restart again. And this time, and I, every time I paint, I, I feel what is the message? The message was saying, learn to trust, let go, and be with what you see. And that's difficult in this world we live in because we have bills to pay. So that approach is difficult. So, But I did that, and this beautiful painting emerged. That's actually in the book, My Heart Flies Open. And so I learned that what happens with us today and it's happened with me many times, is I think because we have the bills to pay, we, we don't trust to sit still. But it's the, it's the law of least effort, actually. 
and my life has really opened up since I've so I've gone full circle home and I feel everything I've learned I'm so happy that I feel like I've really entered into this alchemy this deep alchemy that where the Taoism took me deeper into it and integrated it all that I'm so excited to be able to share this with others well I think of you almost like a pioneer You've been out there, you've, you've gone full circle, you've taken this journey uh, for us, it, it, you know, you've, you've taken it before us so that you can then look back and say, here's, here's how we can do this, here's how you do this, because it really does work and you can, you can find your way home. And that's a beautiful thing. And, uh, you know, with I just love that you can do this with uh, children and with adults and, uh, you know, with all people because we're all eventually going to have to walk this path. And I would imagine that for most of us, we already are. But like you, you know, as you were talking, it was reminding me of what you were saying about being in corporate America, uh, corporate world that you it didn't fit. And you kept getting fired or let go or the job changed. And you're like, but I keep, I want this to happen. And, I, and then it's like, no, it's not going to happen. And the same thing with the story of the art being, so I, I, it has to be like this. And it's going to, you know, eventually it's, you spill the water on it. So you've done the work, Ami, and you have brought yourself to this place to be a resource for so many others. And I can't thank you enough for being here on Speaking of Travel and sharing with us and let us know again how we can get more information and and really keep up with you and and come to you and get your books. Uh, yeah. The books are wonderful and I'm I am definitely encouraging people to to get them and get to know you better. Yeah thank you so much Marilyn it's been an awesome experience journey and taking this inner journey with you. And the website is peace, am I, P-E-A-C-E, peace, am, A-M-I dot com. And the Instagram is peace, am I as well. And you can follow me through that way. I have about seven books that I've written. Um, and the latest one was My Heart Flies Open, which was a children's book published by North Atlantic Books and Penguin Random House distributes the book so um I think that was that what you asked me right yes yeah. thank you I'm so excited and and I really appreciate again you being uh taking time and and speaking with us and sharing with us uh all this information and I'll look forward to actually meeting you in person sometime yeah thank you so much it was a really wonderful experience Thank you, Ami, for being here on Speaking of Travel today. Well, given the uncertainty that continues with travel these days, it's important to remain optimistic and maintain a positive energy that someday we'll be traveling again. And I know staying positive can be hard. When you feel there's just a steady stream of negativity and disappointments bombarding you all the time, your positive energy can just run out. And that happens to all of us. So 
the more we can recognize that and acknowledge that negative energy, we can also make the choice to put that energy back into being positive. And this is where we can find hope. So while we might still be on the fence as to when we can travel again, there are ways to keep that dream alive and remain positive and bring more hope into our lives. Go for a walk in nature. You know, the great outdoors is just what you need to lower your stress. And be kind. The other day, someone in line at the grocery store paid for the person's groceries in front of her. Now, I'd heard about people doing this, but I'd never seen it. Wow, random acts of kindness. This will lift your mood. And make a point to be around people who laugh and are positive. Choose carefully who you bring into your circle. The bottom line is be mindful and take care to feed your soul with love. Celebrate every day for the gift of being alive and being able to dream about traveling. Because remember, life is short. Don't postpone joy. Joy.